As moms, we often wonder, am I doing enough for my kids? I'm here to tell you, you are super mama. That's because we have an undeniable superpower, our intuition, and it never steers us wrong. I call it our mom sense. Hi, I'm Kanika Chadda Gupta, and I'm the host of That's Total Mom Sense. I'm a journalist, entrepreneur, wife, and mom of three, twins plus one. Now, if I had a dollar every time I heard, gee, you have your hands full. On my podcast, I interview influential moms from various industries and cover topics that all first-time parents grapple with, from getting your baby to sleep to screen time allowance, your new normal in your marriage, and how to dedicate time to yourself. Learn and laugh along with that total mom sense. This episode has been sponsored by Podcorn. I launched That's Total Mom Sense on Mother's Day in 2019, and have been fortunate to have built a loyal following of mom and dad listeners since then. I recently started working with Podcorn, a platform for podcasters of all sizes to browse advertising opportunities, set their own rates, and collaborate with brands directly without any exclusivities. I've landed several brand deals through Podcorn and want to pay it forward because that's what moms do. Visit podcorn.com, spelled P-O-D-C-O-R-N.com to sign up and learn more. One of the best byproducts of pregnancy, I have to say, is having the most thick and luscious hair of your life. Personally, my hair grew all the way down to my waist and it was so shiny and healthy. During pregnancy, there's an increase of the level of estrogen hormones in your body. Estrogen causes hair to remain in a growing phase and stimulates the growth of your hair. But as we all know, all good things must come to an end. So during postpartum and your fourth trimester, if you will, you'll likely encounter hair loss where your body stabilizes and returns to what your growth cycle was all along. Today's episode is all about hair, how we can take care of it and maintain it to be healthy, pregnant or not. I'm joined by Lynn Power, the CEO of Masami. Masami is a universally inclusive, botanically hydrating hair care line for all hair types. The brand is committed to bringing you the best, most efficacious products that are good not only for you, but also protect the natural habitats where the ingredients are sourced. Masami's products are made with clean ingredients, no phthalates, sulfates, or parabens, no exceptions. Lynn Power is a longtime ad agency executive with a love for beauty. She's been fortunate to work on many iconic brands, including the Gillette Venus's global marketing launch, Clinique, L'Oreal, Nexus, Vichy, La Roche-Posay, and St. Ives. She has done lots of other categories too, including American Express, Hershey's, Campari, Kimberly Clark, Nestle, and T. Rowe Price. She loves building teams, reinventing cultures, and disruption. Lynn, thank you so much for being on that Total Mom Sense. Oh, thank you, Kanika. It's uh, a pleasure. Great. Okay, so tell us a little bit about your background. It's um, you know you had such an illustrious career in the ad agency. Well, yeah, I spent thirty years in the creative agency world. I was most recently the CEO of J. Walter Thompson New York, and it was a tough situation for a while. And I just found that I really wasn't doing what I loved anymore. I was spending a lot of time dealing with finance and HR and things like that. Not that that's not wonderful for those of you in finance and HR. But, <laughs> but I really wanted to get back to building brands and this opportunity just was perfect to really build a brand I believe in. 
And what inspired you to enter the hair care industry? Well, I've worked on a lot of hair care in my career. I actually launched Gillette Series Hair Care for Men way back in the day. I don't even think that's still around. It's a category that I just feel like could use more innovation. And it's been a slower category to figure out clean. As we all know, clean beauty is something that's gotten more and more traction and people are talking about, they're more aware about it. And certainly you probably know in skincare, you know, there's a gazillion clean beauty products that are launching all the time, but hair care, not so much. And, you know, I think we realize um, the reason for that is it's actually really hard to do it in hair care and still create high performing, luxurious products, hence why there are so few on the market. Um, so we wanted to be a real game changer and crack the code um, to do that. Well, before we dive into what clean beauty is, let's just talk about what is the cycle of hair. <laughs> People also don't realize that your hair is dead, actually. Um, you know, obviously the part that's in your scalp is not dead, but once it comes out of your scalp and you can see it, it's actually dead. So you do need to be constantly, you know, sort of replenishing and nourishing the hair and the follicles to create really, you know, healthy hair and hair that's manageable and does what you want it to do. <laughs> yeah. And then um, do we all have kind of varying um, stages of the growth cycle? It's like, it just kind of depends on you individually. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of genetics involved as well, I think, um, which people don't always realize. And they do say that the ball gene tends to come. It's not like a hundred percent, but tends to come from your mother's side, which I think is interesting. Um mm -hmm. But yeah, there's, there's different growth cycles and there's also, you know, hair is very um, sensitive to hormone fluctuations. And you talked about pregnancy earlier and those ebb and flow as women throughout our lives. Um, so you do have different stages where your hair feels just like it's not doing what you want, you know, or it's, or sometimes when it's just amazing and you wish you could have that again, but it's, it's really about just trying to maximize and optimize the hair you have and make it as healthy and hydrated as it can be. Yes. Yeah. And, um, we touched on genetics, you know, I'm thinking back to ninth grade biology, the Punnett square, and that determines the genotypes that are inherited from our parents. You know, I did read that, um, in Caucasians, curly uh, hair is a dominant trait and straight is recessive. And so, you know, I guess it's because of our parents that we end up with the type of hair that we have. Now, with curly hair versus straight hair, thin versus thick, would you say that there are different ways we should be taking care of our hair? You know, if you've got really curly hair or if you've got really coarse hair, you know, it does have different needs. And, you know, generally speaking, you know, you're going to want to kind of tame it, manage it. You're not necessarily looking for massive volume, you know what I mean? But you're looking for um, hydration to deal with, with frizz, with dryness, with flyaways, that kind of stuff. And obviously, you know, if you've got really fine hair, you know, most people I know with fine hair or colored hair, you know, they're looking for volume or they're looking for something nourishing that's going to help with the color treated hair. But they're also wanting to get products that create a stronger hair follicle and hair health because you don't want breakage, especially if you've got like really fine straight hair because it's so noticeable. Mm -hmm. I think when we were doing our research, we found that the universal thing that everyone wants is hydration. It's the number one unmet need in the category. Generally speaking, and this isn't true for everyone, but it's true for a majority of people. If you solve hydration for people, you solve 
pretty much all the rest of their problems because their hair is more manageable. It has more shine. It's healthier overall, therefore less breakage. You know, it's, um, it's going to give you more volume and all the other things that you want. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, what did you find that was perhaps like a secret ingredient that provides you with that hydration? Yeah, so our ingredient is called Mikabu, and it's um, an ocean botanical that comes from Northeast Japan, and that's our secret to getting the hydration. And I think why it works so well is because it acts basically like a sponge, and we get it in powder form from Northeast Japan, and we put it in our products in powder form. So if you actually looked at our conditioner or our styling cream, you'd see little green specks. We do that because it it's a higher level of active ingredient that just gives you a bigger hit of hydration but without weighing your hair down, because that's sort of the downside when people think of like products that are super moisturizing, they think of heavy, thick, you know, those types of conditioners that end up leaving. If you have hair like mine, which is already thin, you know, your hair ends up looking limp and it sort of defeats the purpose. Mm -hmm. So we wanted to make sure that our products were still really lightweight and the powder, the Makabu powder basically lets us do that. Um, but that's the ingredient. You probably have never heard of it. It's part of the seaweed family and it's uh, it's grown in Japan. Very cool. Um, I did want to ask you about heat and how so many of us rely on our heating tools to style our hair. So, you know, we're blow drying often, um, curling irons, straight iron, straightening irons. Like, I mean, this is just something that we're, we're always using. And I mean, is it just creating like irrevocable damage to our hair and the, the ends? I mean, I, I would love to say no, but actually, I mean, it, it definitely is the number one issue in terms of like damaging your hair. Because if you think about it, you're, you're frying it really to get it to conform and tame and do the things you want it to do. And um, this brings me to clean hair care and clean beauty. Um, it has become such a trend these days, which is such a positive thing because when you think about it, you know, for the past many decades, we've been, you know, on the receiving end as consumers to all the marketing that's out there. You know, it's like you have to have, you know, a ton of different products, you know, that that are being like kind of sold to us where you need this shampoo, this conditioner, rinse, repeat, like it's overwhelming. Um, And more often than not, these products um, that are mainstream found in the drugstores are um, riddled with parabens and sulfates and, you know, all the um, toxins we shouldn't be using, right? Yeah. I mean, why do you believe that's the case? Um, Are those, you know, just cheaper to make? First of all, yeah, about 90% of products on the market, hair care products in the market in the U.S. have that stuff in them. You know, sometimes you'll see a, a big brand come out with, you know, a version that's their kind of natural version or clean version, but their main line is still their main line. What we did is actually my partner worked on the formulations for almost 10 years. So that just gives you a sense of, you know, the rigor that you need to go through to find um, alternative ingredients that are naturally derived and EU compliant. Um, EU is much stricter than the U.S. in terms of standards and what it bans and what it allows. So we wanted to follow EU standards, which are kind of ahead of the ahead of the curve. Um, So to find those types of ingredients that are going to work, put them in the right combination, and then be able to still have really high-performing products is the trick. Yeah, absolutely. Could you tell us about the um, line of products you have? Yeah, so we launched with a shampoo, a conditioner, a styling cream, and a shine serum. 
Um, we are in the process of, we're going to be doing a crowdfunding effort around a ceramic large size refillable bottle. The reason we're doing crowdfunding is because it's really expensive to get that product made and in the market, but it's such a priority for us because we just don't like being a brand that contributes to the plastic issues. So we really want to try to get an alternative that's going to work. Um, and there are not many on the market. Now, um, I have tried the brand. You know, thank you for allowing me to do so. I have to say, <laughs> I love the, um, the scent. It's kind of minty. And um, it definitely feels fresh when you're using it. So are these natural fragrances you've used? So yeah, the fragrance part can be tricky for a clean beauty brand. But in hair care, we felt it was really important because people want a, a fresh scent on their hair. Um, so our fragrances are naturally derived and they're phthalate free, which um, many fragrances have phthalates in them. Um, so that was important too, to try to make a fragrance that was going to be as clean as we can make it and still smell the way we want it to smell, right? Yeah, yeah, true. Um, the other thing I noticed is that it doesn't have as much of a lather. And I think that that's something that we've been conditioned to expect because of the shampoos we've been using all our life. And they're so sudsy. Um, so why is that? Yeah. So ours, we decided to make it a low foam formulation as opposed to a no foam. We still felt that it was important to have a little bit of a sudsing experience because exactly what you're saying, like people are just really accustomed to that. But the reality is like the suds is due to detergent and chemicals. So when you replace it, you know, you really don't need a lot of suds. It's not actually cleaning your hair. It's more just about reinforcing a sensory experience for people. Um, so hence why, why we decided to kind of go, go low suds. One of the positive side effects of doing that is you can use less product. I don't know if you've noticed that, but like you don't need to use a lot of product to get it through your hair and to get the results. Yeah, I did. And I have really long hair, like I mentioned. Um, since you're the expert and um, you and your team have done extensive research into hair care, um, I would love to know what your top tips are uh, for us to take care of our hair. Yeah, sure. So I think there are a bunch of things you can do. I would start with number one, which is try to not use so, so many products because um, what tends to happen is I've had people tell me they use one product and then need to use another product to kind of like counterbalance that first product. And then we'll throw another product in to add like an extra shine or whatever. But a lot of those products, as I mentioned, if you think about it, unless you're super um, vigorous about reading the labels and being clean, a lot of that stuff is, you know, you, you may be using things you don't even realize are just not good for your hair. So I would say number two, read the labels, understand what things are called so you can figure out if there's sulfates, if there's parabens. Number two, read the label. Number three, eliminate breakage. I'm, I'm a very low maintenance hair person, ironically, for launching a hair brand. And I used to do the ponytail a lot, but I switched over to these hair sticks. And number four, there are lots of like silk pillowcase options where I have people swear by that, but I think I think that's also um, a function of we don't wash our hair as much, and you really want your hair to look good the next day, you know. So that that does help, and it helps with the breakage as well. And then I would say number five, you don't need to be over shampooing and over washing your hair. Most women know this, um, and they don't wash it 
constantly, but really, you know, once or twice a week for most people, you can get away with that. And that's just better for you in general, because you're not stripping your natural oils and things from, from your, from your scalp and from your hair. Awesome. Thank you so much for sharing that with us. Um, So Lynn, you um, were very smart and strategic to assemble a powerful team. Tell us about your team. Yeah, I have a really, really fantastic team, really diverse, really interesting, but all kind of people I know and love. Um, I have the benefit of having worked in marketing and advertising, so I really knew a lot about the capabilities I needed and how we wanted to build this out to be a really kind of a modern approach to DTC brands. So I've got a great team from Hudson Cutler. I've got a really amazing digital ninja and a UX person and a really great CFO. Um, And yeah, we're all, we're all in it together. (laughs) Very cool. Do you have any tips? Because I'm sure you've learned from, you know, being an entrepreneur, there's a lot of um, daily challenges, fires to put out, pitfalls, and then there are these successes. Um, so if you can share what yours were and, and how you learn from them. I would say on the challenges, you know, I think there's a reality that there's always going to be something that goes wrong in your product development, even though you think like, okay, I've covered off all my bases. Like we had a, an issue where our bottles were being shipped from Amsterdam and they literally missed the boat. That was an interesting call when we were like, yeah, we missed the boat. I'm like, you missed the boat. Wow. Mm-hmm. Now I know where that phrase comes from. So there's that kind of stuff that happens. But then I would say like one of the best things you can do to um, get momentum is just network like crazy because you never know when somebody has a great idea or a partnership or something that makes sense for your brand. And I've had a lot of serendipity, even launching at Fashion Week this year with when we launched, you know, was really because we had happened to connect with somebody who connected with somebody who was like, oh, your brand would be a perfect fit for this. And it just worked out, you know? Mm -hmm. We are definitely leading with a PR and influencer strategy um, because I do think that's the name of the game these days as opposed to making it kind of an afterthought. And um, we've got heavy digital acquisition. We've got heavy social. I mean, we are up on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, Pinterest, YouTube. Our handle's the same. It's love Masami hair on all of them. But that's just the price of entry these days of what you have to do. Sure. Yeah. And it's great that you're going about it that way. I think it's, um, you know, like you mentioned in your bio, you like disrupting um, the market and you're doing exactly that. Yes, I hope so. I think we will mm-hmm. we will see if it works. Put it yeah. <laughs> yeah, cool. Now I want to just um, ask you about your motherhood journey. What was that like? And tell us a little bit about your kids. Yeah, I have two kids. They're 16 and 18, a 18-year-old boy, 16-year-old girl. Um, I've always been a working mom. So that's just part of what they know. And they, I think, would be shocked if I ever spent more than, you know, a week doing nothing, even a week to them would be a lot. So I think they're just kind of accustomed to um, living in a household that has a very entrepreneurial mindset and seeing that, you know, they can kind of create anything hopefully. But I will definitely say there are moments in your life when, you know, motherhood is easier and when it's harder you know, I would say teenagers, definitely a little bit harder. <laughs> mm. Well, there's a lot to worry about. There's, you know, real life problems they're dealing with, right? So 
you know, your role really does shift uh, as a parent and, you know, that's got its good, good and bad side to it. So dealing with some of those things, but, you know, hopefully you've just figured it out. Yeah. Yeah. What was some of the best advice you received uh, when you became a mother? You know, I, I would say I had somebody tell me, you know, just, just avoid the guilt trip. Because when you're a working mom, it's so easy to feel guilty about, oh my God, I missed the reading day at my kid's um, elementary school. And they like, they won't remember. You know what I mean? It's like, you're doing it for your <laughs> Yeah, you're really doing it for yourself. You're not really doing it for them so much. And just, you know, try to avoid the guilt trips that get, get in there because they can be really challenging for you mentally as you're trying to like juggle a lot. Not healthy. Thanks for listening to today's episode. If you are enjoying my podcast, please, please leave me a review wherever you listen. Apple Podcasts, Google, Stitcher, Anchor, and be sure to subscribe so you'll never miss an episode. If you have a topic that you want me to cover, just email me. My email is thatstotalmomsense at gmail.com. And of course, follow me on Insta for images and stories about my distinguished guests, along with my own mom hacks and advice. And you can follow me at my new handle at Kanika Chada Gupta, K-A-N-I-K-A-C-H-A-D-D-A-G-U-P-T-A. I know it's long, but I'm proud of my name. <laughs> we all need the support during this global pandemic. And I hope you all are safe and healthy. And at least bad hair days be gone. Thank you, Masumi. Always trust your mom's sense. Stay strong, super mamas. See you next time. That's total mom sense.